Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning again. It is the 12th of May, 2022. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Sometimes you read a headline and it just um, transports you to a different time and place. So I want you to consider for just a moment what life was like when you were 14 or 15. And was there a day in your life that, um, well, everything changed forever. I had a day like that, and it was actually 38 years ago today um, when my dad um, died of a heart attack. He was on a business trip. He was uh, out of the country. Um, And um, yeah, I mean, my world changed forever. And so as I was reading this morning uh, the story of Yura, Yura turned 15 on April the 12th. He lives in Bucha, Ukraine. And Yura is, um, you know, like a lot of kids, he wears a hoodie. And uh, the fact that he had the hood of his hoodie up when he was shot by Russian soldiers, um, he and his dad were both riding bicycles. They had white um, uh, strips of fabric tied to their bicycles. They were uh, riding to check on people who were hiding in basements on the other side of town. Um And Russian soldiers opened fire on them. His dad was killed um, and Yura was shot twice. But because he was wearing this gray hoodie, like he didn't die. And uh, he was 14 at the time. He turned 15 on April the 12th. Um, And he wonders about God and he wonders about justice and he wonders about life and he wonders about death and this story, his story is covered um, by the Associated Press, and it's available across just a range of of outlets today. And the lead is this. As he listened to his father die, the, bo- the boy lay still on the asphalt. His elbow burned where a bullet had pierced him and his thumb stung from being grazed. And as you um, as you learn about, you know, what you know how long he laid there playing dead and then what he did when he got up and where he ran um and then the process of his family retrieving his father's body the next day and um and burying him in the backyard until a month later they could dig him up and bury him you know properly um and in the meantime fleeing from their home and their hometown and having to pass the scene um, on their way out of town, and then finally on Orthodox Easter, April the 25th, he was uh, back at his father's grave, now 15 years old. And um, his family is gathered, um, and the priest is present, and Yura is um, off a little ways, standing apart at a bit of a distance. 
He has questions. The world is not the one he thought it was. And in the midst of it, he's still wearing a hoodie. This one's black and um, not uh, not ripped by gunfire. But um, when we think about the questions that young people are asking and the world they're inhabiting and the future they're inheriting, they have questions. Mary Jo Sharp is an apologist at Biola University, and she brings us a faith video series today called Dark Room. It's time for us to listen to the questions and the doubts that young people have and be prepared to answer them. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I have a secret. All my life I've had questions about my faith, about God, about religion. But now I'm going to tell you my questions, my struggles, my doubts. I hope you can handle the truth. Mary Jo Sharp is joining us today, um, and we're going to be talking about this video series called Dark Room. For those of you who don't know uh, Mary Jo, her own personal story is really awesome. She is an author and an apologist. I know her from her work at Biola University, um, and I want to turn you on to this Vimeo series, and it's called Dark Room. Mary Jo, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me. It's probably, it probably exists elsewhere, right? There's probably a YouTube channel. There's probably all kinds of places people can engage with it. Is there a specific location we should be sending them to? Oh, yeah, definitely to darkroomfaith.com. Excellent. Um, darkroomfaith.com. Yeah, and then we're also on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Of course you are, because who's the market? Like, who are we trying to reach? These, we're trying to reach Gen Z because these um, videos are, come out of Gen Z stories. And so when you say Gen Z, um, I'm thinking teenagers and um, and very young adults in their early 20s. Is that who we're talking about, 13 to mid-20s? Yeah, when you, look, when you see the videos, you'll notice that we're targeting like the high schoolers through the young college. And they're really talking to us. I mean, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Um, initially, these, these young people are talking to those of us who are older um, because we have been for a long time answering questions they weren't asking. And now uh, here in Dark Room, they are sharing the questions that have been um, in their hearts and minds a long time. And they are finally uh, sharing those questions with us. So what, what did you learn um, as they found their way in the dark? Oh, so many things. Um, so one of the things that I thought was really fascinating about how we did the series is we actually did like a casting call for Gen Z stories. So as I was, um, you know, listening to and reading the stories as they were coming in, I learned that they framed their language different from how I would frame it because I'm Gen X generation. And so there's a way that I speak about faith. There's a way that I speak about um, philosophical questions or these theological questions. And Gen Z just, they have a different language and they have a little different focus uh, their focus is not just, is this true, but they also have this focus of what does this mean for me? Is it, 
how does it affect me? And can I hold to this belief? How can I aptly hold to this belief in my society? And the question of identity seems to come up. Like, why do I identify as a Christian? Like they're asking, um, they're asking a really good question when they ask that. Um, and they don't necessarily want to identify with all of the things that have the label of Christian in the culture today, including some um, varieties and expressions of the church. Absolutely. They, they are looking at, they're dealing with a society, as we all know, that's becoming more and more polarized. And so they're trying to figure out how to um, aptly hold to their faith while having compassion, but also having this conviction um, that they're caring about their beliefs. And so they, they deal with all of the current cultural issues, such as you mentioned, like identity and what it means to love and who are they as an individual, what gives them value and purpose in the world, um, and how does Jesus interact with that? We're talking with Mary Jo Sharp. Um, we are talking about Dark Room. You're, we're going to encourage you to check it out at the official website, darkroomfaith.com, darkroomfaith.com. It's um, based on the experience of real teens, uh, and it's going to help you relate to the questions and the struggles that these young people um, are facing. They, they have had the courage to tell us what they're, um, what they're thinking about and the questions they have. And then I think the question turns to adult Christians. Um, you know, am I, do I love them enough to listen? And am I certain enough of my faith to allow room for their questions, their struggles, and their doubts? So Dark Room Faith deals with a variety of topics, uh, doubt, love, church, sin, science, religion, suffering, the Bible, purpose, identity, justice, the afterlife, mission, the supernatural. Um, really, really well done. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to meet the need in ways that um, I think uh, will surprise those of us who don't think of curriculum as being offered in this way, but that's really what it is. Dark Room Faith. Dot com. Uh, Mary Jo, talk about the inspiration for this and maybe uh, what you all have learned so far. So um, the series has like, it was really inspired by, um, you know, like what we were seeing with Gen Z, what they're dealing with in their, in our current society. Like they're, they have, they live in a society that has excellent visual design and they have access to that, you know, quickly on their phones and on their computers and so we wanted to make sure that with that quick access to, you know, amazing visual design that we wanted to enter in that space because Gen Z was used to that. So um, we provided a, uh, we wanted to provide a series that not only engaged these really difficult questions of the faith, you know, the questions that Gen Z was asking in their own voice, but we also wanted to do so with this sort of visual excellence so that it would um, inspire their curiosity and hold their attention so that they would, you know, be invited in into the conversation about these hard issues they're struggling with. We, we also saw that uh, Gen Z, because of this barrage of information on their minds at all times, they can get overwhelmed. So we wanted to provide them space to think. Uh, just give them some space, you know, to actually sit in some of these questions and doubts that they have, and then help guide them through the process of what do I do with these doubts? And what do I do with this information about uh, God? And, and how does Jesus relate to me personally in this environment that I'm growing up in with all of these cultural issues? It's so helpful. It's so helpful. All right. We're talking with Mary Jo Sharp. 
Her website is Mary Jo, just a J-O, MaryJoSharp.com, and we'll be right back. Questions, wrestle with those questions, lean into the tension, shall listen, it's right where we left off with apologist Mary Jo Sharp, um, who started asking questions. And then as she started seeking answers to those questions and finding the truth, it grew into a ministry. You can check all of that out at MaryJoSharp.com. Her books are fantastic. She is um, a regular speaker at Stand to Reason's reality conferences. And she's joining us today um, to talk about this curriculum project. It's a video um, it's a it's a set of videos that has these discussion guides. It's just great. And it's called Dark Room Faith. So you want to go to darkroomfaith.com. If you've got a young person in your life who has seen like deconversion testimonies, they're attracted to conversations um, uh, about why people are leaving the faith and you're, you know, you don't really know how to jump into conversations with them. Well, that's what this is all about. Students are asking questions. We're not terribly good as at adults at um, entering into the world they inhabit. These videos are helping us do that. Darkroomfaith.com. Mary Jo, let's um, let's just start with the, the question of deconversion. For people who are listening right now and they're like, you know, I've heard that word tossed about. What does that mean? And what kind, what, what happens to kids when like they see a deconversion video, um, you know, on TikTok or on some other platform? What happens next? Oh, wow. Yeah. So deconversion is when you actually leave the faith. So they're, they're actually, right now, they're struggling with two big words, um, deconversion and deconstruction. And so deconversion is you have left. You've, um, you know, because we talk about somebody as conversion. So that's completely gone, uh, completely leaving the church and your faith. Deconstruction is this idea of picking apart your faith to see, you know, what's there that you believe and that you don't believe. And, you know, uh, it's this process of sort of pulling faith apart to look at it and all the arguments for it or against it, and then seeing what's still there. Um, I called, I kind of call it reverse engineering. Uh, and then what they have is they have access to all these people that are going through sort of a deconstruction of the faith right now and ending up in all these different spots because I have a deconstruction story uh, that I wrote about in one of my books, but I ended up at the end of that with belief in God, not being able to walk away uh, from God, not being able to walk away from the church. Um, but that's not the case with everybody. And so they have this, just this, you know, massive spectrum of uh, people arriving at different points um, on this deconstruction process. 
And then they see these videos of people who, you know, all over the internet who are deconverting. So I think that's hard for them to process, especially if the church isn't directly handling what is this? Why has it become a movement? And what are, you know, what are we doing about it? And how can we help you? Uh, how can we help you encounter your doubts uh, and your struggles in a safe way for you, where you feel comfortable uh, handling those things and you don't feel ostracized or marginalized for having these questions? All right. If you, um, if you take the time to explore this, this Dark Room series and you go to darkroomfaith.com, you're going to find um, all kinds of really helpful downloadable resources in addition to access to the videos themselves. And so if you're saying to yourself, I, I've got a young person I, that's in my life, but we can't talk anymore. I know they don't believe the things that I believe, but I can't figure out how to, how, how to get them to the place where they even share with me their struggles, their doubts, and their questions. That's what this is designed to help us do. And it's designed um, to let them know they're not alone, that the questions that they have, the doubts they have, the struggles that they're experiencing, they're not alone in those. Um, and faithful people, um, you know, are available and willing to enter into those conversations with them. So, Mary Jo, talk with us about Emma. She's kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah, Emma is kind of jealous um, because of the, um, you know, she's she's jealous of other people's relationships, of how men sometimes uh, view her. Well, <laughs> men sometimes send her DMs, and she kind of likes getting these DMs about being somebody's sugar baby because it makes her feel accepted and loved and valuable. And then when she sees other people, you know, other students who are having sex, you know, uh, trying, it, it makes her kind of wonder about her value. Is she still valuable without engaging in sexual activity? Do people, is she still desirable in, in some way? And so it's very confusing for her. And I would say, especially in a society with this like sort of hyper attention to sexuality, uh, where sex is always pushed in our face for, you know, we can't even see a commercial for trying to buy a hamburger without sexuality being attached to it. So she's very confused and she wants to know um, how she can, um, you know, what, what is her value? Uh, does she have value and purpose? And is she loved as she is without being uh, a person who is, you know, sexually active? Yeah, I think that dealing with the question of love in the way that you do in um, in that particular video is so helpful. I think the range of questions that young people are asking in relationship to love and sexuality um, are handled in there in a way that is timely and appropriate and helpful. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I do not know how to get into the conversations of the day with uh, the next generation, the, the Darkroom series is really providing um, a way to help us as adults understand the questions that students are asking, um, and certainly to to provide for them um, really helpful resources in relationship to the conversations. And then there's leader downloadable resources as well. Really encourage you to share this resource with people in youth ministry that you know in your community and at your church. Again, um, you can it's all downloadable at darkroomfaith.com. Uh, Mary Jo, um, before we let you go, and thank you so much for the time we've had to spend together today, um, is there um, is there an invitation that maybe you want to uh, you want to issue to students 
um, and their parents who are listening, just in terms of the use of summer as a great opportunity to get with each other in places and spaces and times where we might not um, ordinarily during the academic year, you know, have those opportunities? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, any As an educator uh, who's also a mom, I would definitely say use the time that you have with your students to um, speak to them a bit more openly to create that environment, that educational environment where uh, they see that you care about the questions that matter to them. Um, for some people, that may be a little bit you know, awkward because that might not be something that they have um, done before. So give yourself some, give, adults, give yourself some space <laughs> for not being, you know, absolutely great about how you go about this at the start. But that's why we wanted to give you a resource was so that you had something that could spawn these discussions and you could watch it together. And then you have the resources to walk through with your kids um, and you have the resources to be able to give you confidence in discussing these matters with your, your own children. So I would say take some time with them. If Create those opportunities because these are so valuable while they're still young. Um, and they, it's so valuable for your kids to see that you actually care about what's on their mind. Doubt, love, church, sin, science, religion, suffering, Bible, purpose, identity, justice, afterlife, mission, supernatural. You want to be able to talk with the next generation about those things. Uh, This Dark Room film series is uh, designed to do just that, darkroomfaith.com. Or you can find Mary Jo Sharp directly at maryjosharp.com. Mary Jo, what a delight. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Well, summer is almost here. It certainly feels like summer. Um, So maybe you are thinking about getting away, um, getting some time away to be refreshed. That is the title of John Hendley's book refreshed devotions for your time away whether it's the uh, the beach or the mountains or the countryside or a forest or just your back porch or laying in the yard looking up at the sky let's uh, take some time to be refreshed john hendley joins us next John Hendley joins us now. The book is Refreshed, Devotions for Your Time Away. John, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for having me. So this is um, a delightful romp into um, into a time of refreshment. Let's just talk about uh, a little bit of the need for this and the inspiration behind Refreshed. Sure, thank you. So the inspiration came, I guess, from a couple of places. Um, one is I, I get to serve as a pastor in a, a rural part of England and have appreciated the, the way the Lord uses creation to speak to my soul um, and to encourage me as I'm sort of driving or, or walking through the fields. 
And then the other half was um, noticing that when I'm away on vacation, very often I'm, I'm out of routine. Uh, I find it hard to keep up with my daily devotionals just because different things are happening all the time. There's more time with the family. And actually my wife suggested, she said, wouldn't it be great if there was a book of devotions that would work, particularly when you're on vacation, when you are out of routine. Um, and I've been wanting to write something on the, the countryside, the beauty that I was seeing around. And, and it came together, and um, that's where Refreshed came from. So I love it. I love that there is um, there is some opportunity for us to engage when we arrive. There is an opportunity for us to engage as we pack up and leave um, and then, you know, along uh, along the way, there are opportunities for us to consider um, the environment we're in and the people who we are with. Um, take us uh, take us into this into this rhythm, um, because each and every one of these devotions for our time away in the book refreshed, each one of them has a bit of a rhythm. That's right. Yes, thank you. Um, so, so, as you said, the the devotions, there's 30 devotions, and they're, they're not um, sequential. The idea isn't that you would put the book up and study the devotions one after another. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's more that some of them, as you say, reflect to times in the vacation when you're arriving at your destination, while you're um, on the way home and thinking about returning. Uh, others refer to particular environments you might be in. So if you were going for a hike in the woods one day, you might look to the, the woods, the forest section, and think, oh, I'll do the study on trees of life um, that would then direct you to the book of Revelation, where there's a, a tree of life growing in the city of God. And the idea is that you might study that devotion in the morning, and then as you're hiking through the forest, the, the trees around would remind you of what you've studied and what you've read in the devotion. Um, so the next day you might be um, heading out to the beach, and you'd look at a study on the beach. But then some of the studies pick up things like sometimes there's tensions when we're on vacation. The people we're traveling with, if we're, if we're not alone, um, that, that might be causing some problems. And then there's a devotion to, to think about that. Um, maybe you're visiting family and friends. Maybe it's the holidays and you're traveling um, across state or out of state to visit family. And that might have joys, but that might have struggles and concerns as well. So there's some devotions that tap into the emotions that we might be feeling when we're away from home. And my hope is that as folks travel, they, they'll be able to sort of pick and choose the different devotions um, that suit what they're doing that day and, and what's going on on their trip. We're talking with John Hendley. The book is Refreshed, Devotions for Your Time Away. Uh, here's the opening paragraph. Refreshed, restored, revitalized, renewed. That's what we hope for when we go away. A break from routine, a chance for refreshment and rest, an opportunity to get some space and peace. Just the thought of it is delightful. Perhaps when we come back from our time away, we'll finally feel something like this. And this is from Psalm 1, verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Um, so if you are interested in uh, grabbing a copy of Refreshed, we do have a handful of them to give away today. We'd love to share them with you. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, John, I'd love uh, to have you take us in 
um, to, you know, to a specific um, experience here in Refreshed. And I was thinking that maybe we could uh, talk about one that is kind of true across environments. Maybe we could do number seven about the stars. Mm, lovely. Yes, that, um, <clears throat> that's one of my favorites. Um, it, it was very much on my heart. So the way, the way the oceans work is they start off with a text from Scripture. Um, so in the case of devotion number seven on the stars, that is Psalm 8. Uh, and that is printed in the book. We figured that if you're away, it's useful to have everything um, all together in, in one place. So that's printed in the book. So you would read the psalm. And as, as part of that psalm, it talks about the heavens. Um, you have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. And then the psalmist goes on to say, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? And then there's a, a devotion that I've written that picks up on stars, um, both from that passage, but also across the scriptures, trying to pick up uh, themes from, from other places in the Bible as well, how Christ is the one who, who set the stars into place. He spoke them into existence. Um, and how the fact that that he loves us more than these, these majestic scenes, um, that whilst his glory is displayed in the heavens, we know his love is that he cares for us, is mindful of us, even though we are so small against that, that cosmic wonder that we see when we stand on a dark night in a place that's far away from a city and there's no ambient light and we can see the stars blazing across the heavens. Um, and so the hope is that you'd, you'd read that, that that would encourage you. Um, and then there's a little uh, optional piece you can do during the day. So, for example, in the study on the stars, um, what I've suggested is there's a quiet night. Just take some time to look up, sit in the quiet of favorite drink, lie on your back on the grass or linger in the cold as you absorb some of the wonder that the heavens hold. Feel the wonder of how deeply you are loved. Um, so there's a, a suggestion there for how you can take the study and apply it into your day. Um, and then there's a little piece as well for the family. So if you have children with you as you're traveling, whether they're young children or teenagers, there's a few ideas of how you can turn the devotional that you've read into a devotional study for your family. Um, and then there's a little uh, uh, kind of fun activity you can do if you want to um, suggest here is staying up late with some snacks and um, enjoying the stars together, which I know my girls would go for because of the word snacks. Um, <laughs> so, so that's kind of how a devotional study works. <laughs> well, I just love it. I, um, uh, I like that you acknowledge that, you know, it's possible we could be in a place where you can't actually see the stars. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean that they're not there. Right. I mean, they're still there. They're there in the middle of the day. Like, right. They're still there. We just can't see them. And that's such a helpful reminder as well, that um, there's a lot going on that we're not aware of. And just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Um, and so I just uh, I, they're beautiful. It's such an invitation. It's so um, it's a friendly devotional. Uh, I mean, you. it's as if you have uh concerned yourself with my concerns when I am on holiday or on a vacation. Uh, I love that you've printed the scripture passages right there so I don't have to have 
um, access to my phone or a second book. Um, it's really, really helpful. The, John Hendley is our conversation partner today. He's the author of Refreshed Devotions for Your Time Away. We do have copies to give away today. Text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing. And John and I will be right back. Come to me. We're talking with a brother in Christ, John Hendley. He's also a pastor. He's a husband. He's a dad. He lives in uh, an idyllic setting where he serves the Lord. He offers up today uh, a devotional book, Refreshed Devotions for Your Time Away. Um, John, let's talk a little bit about the context of where you're serving the Lord. Um, Tell us about where you are and what you do. Thank you. Yes. So I live in a village called Fretnam, and I serve in a church called Broad Grace Church, which meets in a village called Coltishall. Um, and the, the reason for that, the name um, Broad Grace is this part of England is called the Broads. Uh, and so we wanted to bring Christ's grace to, to Broadlands, to the Broads. Uh, the Broads are sort of inland waterways. So a lot of folks come on vacation here. It's a beautiful um, part of the world. Uh, very, if you imagine a typical English village, that's the sort of countryside we're in. You might have had a chance to visit over here or seen them in the movies. Um, we we have lovely and long-standing connections with the United States. A lot of um, U.S. pilots were based around here. There were a lot of uh, bases here in the Second World War, and um, there's a, a, actually a museum um, nearby to, I think it's um, the Eighth Army Air Force that was based nearby. So there's, there's very fond memories. And the building that our church owns, I gather, was a canteen during the Second World War for U.S. and British and Polish um, airmen. So, so we've got some good links with the United States in our area as well. So um, your devotions for time away are, um, are informed by your own childhood experiences and experiences you have had with your family um, in times away and... Um, people experiencing their times away right where you are in the context of where you live. I appreciate that um, uh, that it's not all about mountains and forests and beaches, um, but it's also about cities and statues and monuments. And um, talk a little bit about that, because I think that, you know, for those of us who live in the country, sometimes we go to the city for our time away. Thank you. Yes, that's that's exactly it. Um, often, folks who live in the city, they like to travel to um, to the hills or to the beaches. They like to get out of the city. Uh, like you, we, we live in the countryside. It's, it's beautiful around here. <clears throat> and often for our holidays, we like to, to travel to cities um, and and be able to visit the, the, the shops, the museums, um, see the architecture, enjoy the, the buzz and the life of the city. And, and we wanted this book to be useful um, to people in all sorts of different situations and all sorts of different trips. So, so it might be that someone would, would use the book for their, their main vacation in the summer, but maybe they're going to visit relatives for a few days at Christmas or another time of the year, and they could then pick up on some of the other studies that connect with, with cities if they're going to visit in a city or countryside if, if that's the case. So the hope was 
that, that the devotions would be useful not just as a one-off, but on different sorts of trip, different sorts of vacation. Um, and and I, I mean, I, I've served, um, we were part of the team, I, I led the team, planted Broad Grace Church 12 years ago. Before that, we planted a church in Manchester, which is a large city in northern England, and we lived right in the city centre. Um, so, so I've enjoyed living in cities, I enjoy living in the countryside, and I wanted the book to, to pick up on, on the ways we see Christ, um, not only in, in one part of the world, but throughout creation, and indeed in the ways we um, create uh, under him uh, in, in our cities, in our buildings, and things like that. Mm. There's a Lord's Grace um, church that I'm familiar with. It's a Chinese Bible church in San Diego, California. And so if you're looking for a partner church out there, right, like a sister congregation, maybe that would be an interesting one for you to uh, they, their their congregation and their environment would be so utterly different um, than the one in which you uh, serve. That just might be kind of a fun connection to make. We're talking with John Hendley. We're talking about his uh, book, Refreshed Devotions for Your Time Away. We do have copies to give away. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing. John, I particularly appreciated um, the portion of the book about um, farmland. So farmers and farmlands, sowing and reaping, and then uh, shepherding. In in the United States of America, people who uh, get in their cars and go on vacation in the summertime, it doesn't really matter where they start or where they end up. In between, they drive through farmland. And so one of the things that I really appreciated was that um, you're offering us some devotions for the the interim periods of time away when we are sometimes driving for very long periods of time through fields of grain, like it is our reality. And so maybe take us into um, just some of those conversations. Pick pick whichever one you want from that section and uh, lift it up to us. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll, I'll pick the one on farmers and farmhands because this is a, a section of Scripture the Lord used to minister quite deeply to my soul a few years ago. Um, so that the scripture portion is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 to 9, where Paul writes, What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants for whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants, the one who waters, have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are fellow workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And the thing that struck me, the thing that I I love, being the fields of of corn growing around us um, at the minute that they're, they're planted and beginning to grow, is that farming is an uncertain business. Uh, I was talking to a friend who's a farmer a few years back, and he was asking me to pray. He was a Christian man, and he told me he was sowing his crop. This was in February, uh, but that it was too dry. The crop wasn't going to grow. We were having an unusually dry um, February. And he said, if I don't get rain in the next few days, then it'll all be wasted. But I can't leave it any later, because otherwise it won't grow in time for harvest. Um, and, And we prayed, and indeed the Lord did send the rain. 
but it made me reflect on, on ministry, that of course that's the same. And this passage in 1 Corinthians 3, sometimes um, both for those of us who serve uh, as pastors or other staff members of churches, but for Christians who serve faithfully in their church, in the, the children's ministry or caring for, for brothers and sisters, prayer ministry, uh, we can often feel like we don't see much um, and, and we wonder if our labor is in vain. And this passage is wonderfully encouraging that the Lord does give the growth, but also that that is his responsibility, that he will reward us not according to the fruits of our work, but according to our labor, that he will guarantee the fruit, he will reap the harvest, but that he sees our labor, he sees our tears as we sow again and again and again, and, and he cares. Uh, and that, that ministered deeply to my soul, um, and I wanted to, I wanted to, to reflect that um, in this devotion and encourage us to see as we drive through those fields, um, uh, they go on for miles and miles and miles, um, or, or the different crops or these orchards um, we got to visit in Oregon uh, a few years ago and amazed at the beautiful orchards that were set out. Um, and you think trees planted years before uh, with the farmers hoping that they produce fruit um, at the right time. And, and what a beautiful reflection of how the Lord works and uses us in his service. Yeah, which circles us right back around um, to the very beginning um, that we would be people trant- uh, planted like a tree in streams of water, yielding our fruit in season, um, that our leaves would not wither and that whatever we would do might prosper. The book is Refreshed. John Hendley is the author. Devotions for your time away. John, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a delight. It has been a shared delight. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Wow, that went fast. Um, Thank you so much for spending this time together. Tamara out in North Dakota was particularly blessed by the farm reflections. Yeah, me too, Tamara. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna count the blessings today. We are certainly sowing in the garden where we live. Um, let's be praying for farmers. Let's be praying for rain in those places where rain is needed, and for sunshine in the places where that is needed as well. I'm thinking about the farmers in Ukraine today um, and across the country and around the world. I have you in my heart and in my prayers. Please have me in yours as well. Let's be the people who walk our faith out into the world that God so loves in ways that honor Jesus. Let's represent him to the world. Let's be faithful ambassadors of the king and the kingdom. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.